coming up today on the Lead to Succeed podcast. All decision-making is led through emotions. Even the simple things we do in life. I mean, there's been sort of the seminal study that somebody did on a brain patient that whose the emotional control center of their brain was damaged. And studying this person, they found that he couldn't make any decision in life, what to eat, what to wear, what, yeah. So everything we do is driven in part by emotion. Do you want to learn the tricks the top leaders use to get the most out of themselves and their teams? Well, Naftali Hoff is here to help. Lead to Succeed picks the brains of top leaders to learn about their challenges, insights, and best practices. Here's Naftali. Hello, Lead to Succeed Nation. It's Naftali Hoff, and welcome to Lead to Succeed, Episode 19. This episode's interesting fact is, according to the American statistics website Biznology, a sales decision today takes an average 22% longer than they did five years ago. Our guest today can likely vouch for that figure and shed some light on how to close sales more quickly. Today's episode features Andy Paul. Andy teaches sellers how to maximize the value and impact of the human element of selling. His top-rated podcast, Accelerate with Andy Paul, is the go-to resource for sales leaders. Accelerate is number seven on Inc.'s list of the 12 top leadership podcasts. Andy is also the author of two best-selling books, Amp Up Your Sales, Powerful Strategies That Move Customers to Make Fast, Favorable Decisions, and Zero Time Selling, 10 Essential Steps to Accelerate Every Company. Andy, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for having me. By the way, it looks like I missed one word there at <laughs> the last, in the last show. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. I'm going to read that again. And zero time selling, because it didn't, it just, I didn't copy it. And zero time selling 10 essential steps to accelerate every company's sales. By the way, I just want you to know that, uh, and I'm going to lift the curtain a little bit for Lead to Succeed Nation as well. There are different ways by which I get guests to come onto the program. And of course, I'm honored by every single person that says yes. Uh, but Andy and I have had conversation for a little while already. And as I've looked to promote my own book, Becoming the New Boss, and frankly, get Lead to Succeed podcast up and running and really bring the very, very best in leadership to the conversation, Andy is somebody who I've targeted for a while. And I'm super honored, Andy, that you've uh, agreed to come on and uh, share your wisdom with us. Oh, I'm, well, thank you. I'm, I'm honored to be on the show. Super. So let's jump right into something you had in your bio that I think really spoke to me. Mm -hmm. And you talked about how you focus on the human element of selling. Right. So, you know, pull the curtain back a little bit, share with us what is that and how does that help you sell? Well, I think that what we've seen uh, certainly over the last handful of years is uh, this huge influx of technology into sales and marketing, you know, marketing automation, sales automation, and so on. And there's been with that a sort of growing tendency for people to think that, well, geez, you know, maybe I don't need to focus as much on, you know, the things that I do that, that influence another human being to inspire them to want to take the sales journey or this buying journey with me because I can just rely on technology. And I think it's really the opposite is the case is that, you know, in an era of increasing automation, increasing technology, it's that ability to actually make a human connection with another person to be able to be human, ask great questions, listen without filters to their answer and deliver value to them every time you talk to them, that really becomes a key differentiator for salespeople. Beautiful. That's a great answer. Concise, but but still with with lots of nuggets of great, great ideas and information. And because this is a leadership podcast and we we certainly serve the uh the sales community, but we're really focused on the leadership mm -hmm. elements within within all 
uh, walks of life, so to speak. I, I'd like to go a little bit deeper with you because sure. you talked about certain human elements, great asking great questions, listening without a filter, sort of just being authentic with people is the way I understood it. Why is that so critical? And how likely would you say a person is to buy something from you if you really don't hone those skills adequately enough? They're going to be substantially less likely to want to do business with you, whether you're a you know, a business leader that's trying to build a partnership with another organization, if you're trying to inspire the people that are within your organization, or you're just a sales professional out talking to a, a potential prospect. It's it's a relationship. You know, sales is a relationship business more than anything else. So I've I've narrowed down these things I sort of talked about before, part of this this acronym that I I've coined that I call BALD, B-A-L-D, which is that you know, these are four winning behaviors that people need to master in any relationship, really, in order to make that a successful relationship for both parties. And so the, you know, the acronym, the B is be human, right? Have empathy, be present, be focused when you're talking to someone, you know, make that connection because that's what people are looking for, right? Because, you know, people talk about the, we buy and do business with people we know, like, and trust. Well, yeah, that's, that is the case, right? So being human helps facilitate that, you know, asking great questions, meaning when you have a chance to talk to someone, interact with someone, Again, no matter whether it's a sales situation or a leadership situation, do you start talking about yourself first and your own concerns, or do you ask something about the other person first? You know, do you lead with questions? Do you ask instead of telling? Is really what I boil it down to. And then when people give you an answer, you know, are you are you resorting to your your confirmation bias to say, yeah, yeah, yeah I know what you're talking about, or do you really just, as you said, authentically listen to what they're saying and remove your biases, remove judgment. From your listening, really hear hear them, and then lastly, is you know, in any interaction with someone, is are you delivering value to them? I love that. That's great. The the bald part I could do without, but the rest of it is wow. awesome. What? No, I, I'm just joking with you. I'm just like thinking of my receding hairline here, but. Um, but that's a great that's a great acronym because it's short, it's sweet, and it really distills the essence. And you mentioned one thing while you were talking, Andy, that I'd love to uh, unpack with you just a little mm-hmm. bit further because of this notion of bias. And um, as I mentioned to you in our in our pre-recording uh, interaction, that I'm in the middle of reading Dan Pink's book to sell as human. Right. And one of the things, the premises of the book is that we're all in sales. It's not just salespeople do sales and I do other stuff, but regardless of what you what line of work you're in, or perhaps forgetting work for a minute, just any type of relationship that you find yourself in. We are selling because ultimately selling is leading and ultimately selling is influence. Right. Curious to know if you, from your perspective, number one, do you agree with that? And number two, what would you say would be a great sales-related technique that anyone can and should be using regardless of what type of work they find themselves in or any situation per se? Yeah, I do agree with Dan's premise. I mean, I, you know, he's he was talking specifically about you know, white collar workers in non-sales professions, you know, three quarters of them self-identifying, influencing others as being part of their role. And I think that's absolutely true, right? I mean, so, and I think it's true, in, as you alluded to, in any sort of interpersonal relationship, there's a leadership aspect to it. So I wouldn't necessarily call this a technique, but it gets back to, to my acronym, BALD, is, you know, asking questions is a really great way, you know, being other centric is being a great way to build, connect with another person, build a relationship. And I had a guest on my podcast, a gentleman named Mark Roberge, who was uh, one of the original 
a founding executive at a company called HubSpot in Massachusetts, software company, been quite successful. And he talked about how he practiced this. You know, he would go to social situations where he'd maybe see somebody he didn't know that looked kind of interesting. And he would approach them and he would see how long or how many questions he could ask of the other person. And not just, you know, authentically asking questions because he's, you know, interested in the person before he had to say something about himself. And so getting into that discipline through practice of saying, yeah, I'm, I'm curious about you, right? I want to hear about you before you say anything about yourself. That's a, a beautiful tool that anybody can use. Yeah, it, it actually reminds me from uh, Dale Carnegie's great work of uh, winning friends and influencing people. Yes, the idea, absolutely. I don't know if you remember that particular story where he's conversing with this botanist and they're having this really lengthy conversation, but it's almost like a monologue where the other individual is just talking and talking and describing his work, whatever it was. And then at the end, it turns to a third party and says, that Carnegie is a great conversationalist. And so, you know, sometimes, often, I think, we love to hear ourselves talk. We love to yes. share our ideas. And sometimes we feel, this was my own experience, and perhaps you feel similarly, that we need to be able to talk in order to demonstrate credibility, in order to demonstrate that we have a great personality, whatever it is. And we forget that the thing that will often make us most respected and most admired by somebody that we're talking to is to do exactly what you're describing, which is to be quiet, to really engage, to use nonverbals, to try to be as authentic as you can and allow the other person's messaging to sort of guide the conversation. Yeah. Well, I, I remember early in my career, I had this important presentation that I was making uh, to a, what would soon be a client in Sweden. And so flew over to Sweden with a colleague. We had this meeting with the executive team of this company we were selling to at the time. And, you know, we left the meeting about an hour later and, and my colleague turned to me and said, okay, I don't get it. He said, you know, we, <laughs> we didn't open our laptops. And all you did is you asked them about five or six questions and that's, and you almost didn't talk the whole time. And I said, yeah, it was one of the best meetings we've ever had. And sure, we got the order, but it was, you know, we were just at that critical point. We just needed to let them talk about what they were interested in, what they were concerned about, their challenges. And they already sort of knew that we could, we could probably do what they wanted, but you know, they need to be able to express it. Absolutely. That was great. I love that story because I think all of us could learn from that, not just people in sales, but anyone who is who's trying to influence in a conversation. And again, leadership really is all about influence, as John Maxwell and others have shared. Sometimes just by asking those questions and allowing the other person to present what they know and, of course, jumping in where appropriate can, mm -hmm. can do the trick. And that's great. What a wonderful story. Well, thank you. Yeah. So I want to stay with what you talked about at the beginning of your career, because you mentioned something on your website that I think was really insightful for me. And you talk about how your bosses at first thought you weren't adequately salesy. Maybe you were too introverted and analytical. So mm -hmm. I'm curious to know, first of all, for somebody who considers himself introverted, that was a that was a shot in the arm for me, you know, because sometimes <laughs> I think, you know, people who are introverted, even though there's tremendous, I think, beauty and you know, gifts associated with that inclination does get the short end of the stick sometimes as it relates to business and interaction. So I'm curious to know specifically as it relates to sales, but you could broaden this, you'd broaden this mm -hmm. any which way you want in terms of responding. Is there, in your opinion, a preferred sales profile or is that really something that's all in our head? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of a contrarian, right? I, I, when I work with clients, when I give talks in public, I say, look, if you're writing a job description for sales and you're using the words 
I want a closer. I want a hunter. I want an extrovert. I want, I said, you know, how do any of those help your customer gather the information they need to make a good decision? (laughs) You know, none of those descriptors do. But if you're saying, look, what we need in this position to be able to help our customers go through their buying process and all buyers are trying to do, you know, quick summaries, you know, trying to quickly gather information to make a good decision with the least investment of time and effort possible. Well, what are the attributes you need to have in your, your customer facing people to be able to help them achieve that, help your customers achieve that? We need curious analytical problem solvers. And, you know, this whole myth of the closer is something that really does a disservice to sales. Unfortunately, it's perpetuated by, by sales managers and by you know, CEOs and entrepreneurs who think that's the type of personality that they need. But that's not a personality that aligns with the requirements of the buyer. Sounds like you just turned the entire industry on its head there with that. That was awesome because what I'm hearing is not only does it shift the um, the paradigm that we typically have in our mind, but what it really does is it shifts the focus from the hunter. I don't want to say to the hunted because hopefully that's not the the profile we're really after here, but to serving the customer and making that the priority. And in so doing, it's not about who can go and sort of grease the wheels and and provide the best pitch, but who could really be the person that at the end of the day, the buyer thinks this person has my back. He or she is really interested most in what, what I need and is going to do everything they can to deliver that. Did I understand that correctly? Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's sales as a service business. So, I mean, there still are places where closing takes place. You know, if you're selling insurance, right? You're an insurance agent, you've been dealing with a client, you know, they're going to sign the order while you're sitting there and maybe auto sales, same thing. And yeah, you know, hey, that's just the model that, that works for that. But, you know, in business to business world, you know, I challenge people. I say, okay, well, how often have you been in the room when a customer made up their mind? You know, if you're selling, I sold communication systems worth millions of dollars. I, how often was I in the room when the customer made their decision? Never. So this idea that, you know, being a closer uh, is really sort of a myth. And yeah, I mean, we, we orchestrated the, the process, the buying process. You know, we were inspiring the customer, you know, hopefully to come on this journey with us. Yeah, well, there were points where we asked for the order or it was you know, logical to do so. Were they ready to move forward? But those decisions were made in front of us. Yeah, and I'm trying to imagine as you're talking, you know, what is sort of that lingering piece that's hanging in front of them as they're making their decision between the information that you gave them, the technical content, or the the emotional feeling, so to speak, that you left them with as you were engaging and providing that service and providing that information. And I have my own bias here, but, and, and tell me if I'm wrong, but it, well, it is the emotional. <laughs> it is the emotional. I would think so. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, the science is pretty, pretty incontrovertible in the fact that all decision-making is led through emotions. Even the simple things we do in life. I mean, there's been sort of the seminal study that somebody did on a brain patient that who's the emotional control center of their brain was damaged. And studying this person, they found that he couldn't make any decision in life, what to eat, what to wear, what, yeah. So everything we do is, is driven in part by emotion. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, those emotional differentiators, if you will, those emotional links that you make, yeah, those, those may be the tiebreaker between you and another vendor. Sure. Absolutely. So I'm I'm going to pivot here a little bit, Andy, if I can, because sure. there's so many other things that I want to get into in the, in the limited time that we have. And I know that you work as a trainer and as, as a speaker, you write and you produce the leading podcast that we've already talked about. So mm-hmm. 
let's talk about someone who is at the beginning of their journey. You know, my book, Becoming the New Boss, is about the leadership journey, but I want to broaden it to talk about people who are looking to be influencers in any which way that they choose. Between all the various things that we talked about, is there a particular method that you would recommend somebody sort of dip their toes in the water with? And if so, why would you recommend that particular one? Well, what I recommend is that people choose the the method that they feel they can be consistent with. And I think that's really the, the key is consistency. If you're trying to build a platform for a specific point of view or or thought, then you know you need to be consistent in getting that message out there. And so it doesn't, to my mind, it doesn't really matter whether it's you know a blog or uh, publishing on LinkedIn or just doing updates on LinkedIn or doing a podcast or Twitter, Facebook. It's just you have to be consistent. And so then your audience can come to anticipate that that you're producing something on a schedule. And if you're producing something that has value, then they'll look for it and they'll make sure it's part of their schedule. Got it. So the frequency is less the issue, more the consistency. Consistency, yeah. So so let me go and so let me take podcasts for instance. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say just podcasting. People love this idea of podcasting. It's relatively the barriers to entry are low for the most part. And a year ago at a big podcast conference, you know, the statistic was rolled out that the average number of episodes of a podcast that someone produces before they quit is seven. <laughs> so, you know, what's the point if you're only going to do seven? Sure. And so you have to make that commitment to, it's a little daunting, but for us, it's been a, a big part of the platform. You know, we're at episode 611. Congratulations. This week when we're, oh, yeah. But it's, you know, it takes work. But the consistency, your audience knows that you're going to be there. Yeah. I actually, podcasting was the last of the things that, from from my own list, that I that I started with. And thankfully now I've already got quite a few in the hopper as well as the ones that we've already rolled out. We're recording this in late December and this past Wednesday. Uh, I'm sorry, tomorrow we're going to be... Uh, publishing episode 10. So I knew that before I wanted to publicize anything, I wanted a bunch in the hopper. I also wanted to ask all the right questions to people who I felt could give me advice about their experience. And then I was committed in my mind to, uh, to moving forward consistently, perhaps not as quickly as others. I only, I only release it once a week at this point. Uh, but the idea is that it should be consistent. It should be something that people know both in form as well as in substance that they could rely on. That's going to give them some insights, you know, from great leaders about what they're doing and, and ultimately how the listeners, how lead to succeed nation can advance their own leadership practice. Sure. Well, I was just going to say one thing that, one thing that people, people just need to be cautious of is that one of the lessons we've learned is because we start not didn't start off, but we eventually grew to doing six episodes a week and we've scaled back from that, is that sort of ironically, as almost as more and more people begin to follow you and like what you're doing, depending on sort of you know what field you're in, is actually having too much content out there can almost be a negative. And so it's almost like it's too much. We found from people, one of the reasons we switch from six episodes a week to three episodes a week doing now is a lot of feedback from listeners saying, you know, I get to the end of the week and if I've been traveling and I haven't been able to listen and then I look at the fact you did six episodes, I don't know where to start. So I don't listen to any of them. Mm. <laughs> and so it, you, there's this, this balance, right? Yeah. This is, and so we're trying to make sure we're always striking the right balance. That's very interesting. And you probably know this research because of your work, but I remember encountering some marketing, let's call it marketing sales data regarding, I think it was either groceries or perhaps even um, other types of stores that were putting out uh, lots of variations. I think in this particular case, it maybe was flavors of jelly and they had them in mm-hmm. a store and you had maybe in one case, you had 
uh, six at the display. In another case, you maybe had six times that number, 36 or thereabouts. And while the larger number or bigger variety caused more people to stop, the fact that there was so much variety ultimately produced fewer sales, at least proportionate to those that were putting out fewer options. And sometimes we think we've got to be everything to everyone. And I think one of the beauties of selling is to try to be, obviously you have to have some variety and different solutions for different people, but try to have your core really clear and to allow people to really understand who it is, what it is that you do, you know, what they can get from you and to keep the opportunities relatively simple and straightforward. So even though that wasn't really part of the direct question, I think it's a beautiful point that you raised and I thank you for sharing that. Oh, thank you. So one last question before we shift into our next segment. Uh, this is a little bit different, but I think one of the things that that Lead to Succeed Nation, people in general are really, really interested in is, is, is creating balance in their lives. Mm. And balance mm. is, you know, it may be overspoken at times because of the fact that, you know, it means so many different things to different people. But I think all of us are feeling stressed from our work. You know, we have a lot of demands. And with all the new technology that you referred to before comes new responsibilities and new ways by which we have to get out there and engage. But I was interested specifically, Andy, in the spiritual side, because to me, I happen to be uh, an observant Jew. And so religion Mm -hmm. and spirituality is really central to my daily life. Prayer three times a day at the synagogue, uh, different actions over the course of the day that really frame, you know, my identity as well as my behaviors. And so I was wondering, you know, you don't have to answer this from a faith-based perspective specifically, but, but tapping into your spiritual dimension, you know, take us behind the curtain a little bit, talk about the way that you connect and, and, and to the degree that you feel that this is appropriate, you know, why do you feel this to be so important both for balance and just, you know, maybe how that even spills over into your work life? Yeah, well, that, that's sort of a, that's a loaded question. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> you knew I wasn't going to let you off easy there, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not a religious person. So, yeah, for me, that in terms of, I, I think of things sort of integration as opposed to balance, right, is, is I think the concept of trying to balance work and life is hard. I think it's really, these days, you have to decide how we're going to integrate it into our lives. And, you know, and for me, it's... It, it really starts with, with family. You know, that's when I think about, okay, what are the things that, that I'm really prioritizing and that have prioritized over time that, you know, keep me centered. And for me, it's, it's been that, you know, I, I made a, a distinct career choice. Actually, when I started my own company, I started my company in order to spend more time at home with my kids and be more involved in their lives. And that was a very definite choice. It, it had a huge impact, I'm sure, for a number of years in terms of, you know, financially versus giving up a really high-paying job versus starting a company. But, yeah, I got to the point where I was missing events. And when I missed a birthday for the first time when I was traveling, because I was traveling, you know, two, three 300,000 miles a year internationally and so on, is I said, yeah, that has to stop. You know, because that was just part of me. That was sort of my core thing that, you know, family came first above all else. And so, yeah, yeah, that sort of really changed things pretty radically. And, you know, I look back on it and say, you know, I'll never regret that because after missing that one event for the next 10 years, you know, I didn't miss a single sporting event to the kids or recital or theater performance or whatever was going on in their lives. I made sure I was there and it was first priority. And so I don't know if that really answers the question about spiritual, but I mean, for me, everything sort of starts with the family and, and emanates from there. And, and I'm fortunate today, very fortunate to still be able to, 
you know, structure my life in such a way to just sort of continue that and to, yeah, I'm fortunate to sort of share time between the coasts. I uh, got home in New York, we got an office and home in San Diego. My kids are in California. I'm mostly based in New York, but you know, that's still very important for me to be able to maintain that continuity. Yeah, well, you you may not have hit it on the spiritual level, but certainly I'm feeling from a values perspective, at the least, a very, very powerful message that you just shared. And I think that you've really raised the the bar and the standard for all of us who are listening, because what you're describing between the the need to travel and, of course, tend to your business and at the same time be present for family on so many different levels is a is a high bar for all of us. But I, I thank you for that because it's a beautiful way, not only to end the segment, but to sort of get us thinking about, are my priorities really where they need to be? And uh, one of the gifts, I think, of, of starting a podcast for myself, not only to meet great people and sort of, uh, you know, engage with them, is to learn their best practices and to learn things where I could be better. And certainly this is one of those areas. So, so thank you very much for that message and for allowing us to reflect more just beyond business and sales and everything else to what are the things that are most important to us that at the end of the day, I want to look back and say, this was a priority for me. And this was something I really stuck to as a as a core value. Yeah, and for me, it's it's about never never having any regrets. So you know, I'm never going to regret having invested that time and not making as much money. I didn't yeah didn't optimize income, and that was deliberate, and that's that's fine. I mean, I don't care right now. I look back, it's like you know, I'd much rather have had those memories that I had of of uh, you know watching my kids do what they're doing and watch their grow and be there in their lives than anything I could have done business wise. Awesome. Okay, we're going to do one final pivot, Andy. And now we're going to enter our rapid fire segment. And rapid fire, okay. I'll ask you a few short questions, easy stuff where we lift the curtain a little bit, let our listeners learn a little bit more about you as a person. Mm-hmm. One thing, and maybe there is no answer to this one, one thing that you couldn't sell, and please don't say the Brooklyn Bridge. <laughs> one thing I tried and couldn't, or one thing in general I couldn't. Uh, whatever, however you, however you want to answer. Well, I couldn't sell my integrity. Nice. Now you say that you you live primarily in New York, but you're in San Diego quite a bit. So hopefully this question is still relevant. The best thing about San Diego that is not weather related. And I guess you can't say football. <laughs> well, no, I'm a Packer fan anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Well, everything's sort of tied. <laughs> I lived for 12 years in Chicago, but I'm going to let that one go. Dub bears. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, everything's sort of weather related here. I mean, everything that we, we not everything, but most things we enjoy are, are, you know, taking advantage of the fact we've got these great surroundings. You know, we, my wife and I are very avid bicyclists and, you know, we uh, love doing it here just because it's, you know, you can do it outdoors all year round. Yeah, sure. A personality that you would love to meet for the first time, celebrity, historical figure, doesn't have to be someone living. Hmm. Uh, Seth Godin. Interesting. I've not met Seth, but I've heard the world from, about him and uh, I've learned so much from him as well. And finally, the best food or drink to get you energized other than coffee? <laughs> well, I'm not a coffee drinker. I, I never got in the caffeine habit, so somehow I managed to survive this long without it. Um, it can be done, listeners. Energized. <laughs> yeah, well, if you manage to get through college without doing it, that's how I did it. Um, Gosh, you know, I, I have my daily shake in the morning, which is, um, <laughs> let's see, banana, a frozen banana, almond milk, kefir, a fiber protein mix, and blueberries, and uh, frozen blueberries. And yeah, that gets me going 
I have a son who I know is going to really love that that response. Okay, awesome. So we're now going to uh, pivot to our last component where we give you the opportunity, give you the floor. And Andy, please tell uh, Lead to Succeed Nation where they can find out more about your work, how they can connect with you, anything else you want to share with them at this time. Sure. Well, I really appreciate this opportunity. Thank you for having me on the show. And yeah, if people want to listen to my podcast, it's called Accelerate with Andy Paul. You can find it on iTunes, wherever you find uh, podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter at, at RealAndyPaul or on LinkedIn. You can connect with me there. Uh, my LinkedIn word after the, <laughs> the, the slash is zero time selling, all one word. But yeah, be old fashioned. And I encourage people just to reach out to me personally. You can email me at Andy at AndyPaul.com. Or you can just give me a call at 619-980-4002. Love to talk to you. Beautiful. It's always nice when people um, feel that they have that access. And we're going to leave all that information, Andy, in the show notes as well. So thank you so much for all of that. And I would be remiss if I didn't ask you for one final life lesson that you could share with Lead to Succeed Nation today before we go. Well, I think it, it gets back to a point I made before just quickly is yeah, integrity is really it. At the end of the day, you know, we get to the end of our lives. You know, we have our our character. And uh, if I had more time, I'd trot out this quote from Vince Lombardi uh, <laughs> about character. But, you know, character is what we have. And so yeah, I learned this lesson from my parents is never regret anything at the end of your life. And as long as you live your life ethically and with integrity, you never will. Beautiful. What a final parting thought. Even though you didn't have the exact wording from Vince Lombardi, I think just the image Probably does it for most people. Certainly does it for me. <laughs> Andy, thank you, you so. Okay, that would be great. Yeah, maybe we could throw it in there. So, thank you again, really, for for taking making the time to have this conversation today. I've enjoyed it tremendously, and I know that Lead to Succeed Nation will learn so much from you, not only in terms of being a better salesman, uh, but also a better leader and a better person. So, again, thank you for being on the show today, and uh, looking forward to continue to learn from you and to uh, build our relationship moving forward. Well, thank you. Today's leadership quote is from Robin S. Sharma. Leadership is not about a title or a designation. It's about impact, influence, and inspiration. Impact involves getting results. Influence is about spreading the passion you have for your work. And you have to inspire your teammates and customers. Thanks so much for listening to this episode and for investing in yourself so that you could lead to succeed. Before you go, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Your feedback gives social proof and encourages more folks to listen. Social media junkies, please share this recording with your networks and tag me as well. I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Naftali Hoff and on Twitter as an Impactful Coach. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to lead to succeed and have a great day.